All right. Uh, we're live. Wrestling podcast, Red Curtains. Um, sorry for the delay. Um, we've had a crazy work schedule, crazy life schedule. I'm here with uh, John Mason, my co-host. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful sip of this ghost energy drink. The current flavor is Bubblicious Strawberry Splash. Bubblicious. Yeah, it, it tastes like Bubblicious Bubblegum. It is absolutely ridiculous. So that is today's drink. Uh, I've already had, what, did I have one other energy drink? Yeah. Yeah, there's another can somewhere over here. I threw right. the trash already like a responsible person. But it was some other ghost energy drink. Ghost energy drink. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I know that the all-out card is coming on. I don't know if we should preview the yeah. do the do the pre-show matches. So let's get to the main card. Um Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro versus the House of Black is the no, first. Wait, we should have prefaced this by saying this is in our backyard. This yeah. is her especially, which it sucks because of how broke I am this month. I was yeah. really sick. I missed a week of work, so unfortunately I'm not attending the shows. I will be watching every show possible, every indie show Every AEW show, trust me, I will have my eyes on them as I always do. Yeah. But I am here in beautiful Palatine, Illinois. Go ahead and map quest that, folks. I am just a stone's throw away from Hoffman Estates. So it's it's just fantastic when they do all these events here. The wrestlers hit up the dispensaries over there. My yeah. former employer, Sunnyside, they hit up. Enlightened, they hit up. Uh, it's really cool. Not all of them, but yeah, some wrestlers do use cannabis products. And as I've mentioned on my side project, uh, sometimes I do talk about cannabis reviews and things like that. So it's cool when certain people stop in there and, and are choosing a healthier lifestyle than other drugs or alcohol that they could be using. Yeah. It's just cool that they're using a safer alternative. I appreciate that very much. But yeah, preface that by saying that this is a stone's throw away from me especially. So it breaks my heart that I'm not attending these shows because I could walk there in probably like eight to ten hours or so. Yeah. I, it, no joke. So it, it's, it's terrible. And we'll talk about some of the AEW rumors as well. Uh, yeah. As the show goes on, just because you're already mentioning the House of Black, and I already just want to just jump into Malachi Black, but go ahead. Yeah. Let's run down the card. Yeah, let's run down the card. Um, it looks like Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro versus Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Um, then we got Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and Motor City. Uh, Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. Uh, the Casino Ladder Match. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse, Jade versus Athena, Keith Lee and Swerve versus The Acclaimed, Danielson versus Jericho, uh, The Young Bucks versus uh, Best Friends, because they do have a match versus The Dark Order, but I'm already predicting that the Best Friends are going to win. Then you have Tony Storm versus Sheeta versus Britt Baker versus your favorite, Jimmy Jamie Hayter. For the AEW Women's World Title, then we have Moxley versus Punk for the AEW World Championship. So, what matches do you want to discuss? Because this is a loaded card, 
And I don't think we can discuss every single match on the card. That's a hell of a card. I guess start with the main event and work backward from there if we're figuring the main event's going to be the world title match. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think with the way things are going, Punk has got to turn heel, right? Because it's like... I would hope so. He got... Well, no, go ahead, because I was just going to say Moxley's promo in Chicago made him almost seem like he was going to go heel. Yeah. But I think that was kind of like that that switch, or like MJF in New York, where it's like he comes across as a face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever else, he's a heel. I think with the match in particular being against CM Punk, there's no way you could show up in Chicago and be, and people still gave them applause in the right moments. Yeah. But there's no way you're going to show up and you're going to outshine CM Punk and be the baby face. Yeah, I would. Like, yeah, I, I was. I've been saying it for a while on here. Punk has to turn heel. I mean, because I mean the promo was was very good by Punk after yes. he got that Ace Steel adrenaline boost. I feel like um, Ace Steel, of course. <laughs> I, I think so. It was. He said fuck. He talked about like the steel domain, and then all of a sudden, Punk had like a spiritual energy drink, and he became CM Punk again. So it was like, it was like, the promo was really good, but based off their last match, I'm concerned about their chemistry, and I'm concerned about Punk's, like I. Just don't think he's had that match in AEW. Is this, is this it? Is he still good? Because I, I haven't really looked at him and gone, wow, this is great, CM Punk. I mean, do you feel the same way? I think he has been very good. I don't think he's necessarily been great in terms of if we're weighing it against the past. But I don't think he's had the opportunity to be fully great. I think. Being a heel, it's something I said a few episodes ago. He's already wrestling kind of a bit slower, probably yeah. just naturally. I think that that's just something that's going to happen. Yeah. As you get older, you're going to slow down. I know I sure am. Um, actually, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm faster than I've ever been. So maybe that's in my head. And maybe that's something that's in his head as well, is that he's still the same person that he was. But he's not necessarily... Uh, maybe there is a chance for better chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. In a longer match. In something where they aren't telling the story that needed to be told there. So I think that they were deliberately just trying to tell that, oh, he came back too soon story. Boom, Moxley gets him, traps him, has him where he wants it. Mox has been dominant, so it's easy for Mox to just dominate him right then and there, you know? Right. Right. So I, I, I think it could be different with a little bit more time told. I personally feel like Moxley and Punk are perfect opponents for each other. I think they both work a similar style. You know, neither of them are going to be doing too much flying off the top rope. Uh, I mean, Punk with an elbow drop, maybe a springboard clothesline. Moxley, if he's going to do anything... You know, it's going to be a double axe handle or something, you know? So well, it, it, it's similar similar styles, I feel. Uh, they, could, they could pull it off, especially with the audience. That is going to be the big factor is 
Chicago can really make a CM Punk match something that another crowd can't make it. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Moxley is coming across to me, and I've thought about this because I wanted to say on the podcast, he's coming across like a everyman type of champion, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dusty Rhodes. I love wrestling. And there's two people that I think, like, really care about wrestling a lot, and that's Ambrose and Eddie Kingston. Well, sorry, Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I keep... Um, but John Moxley just exudes passion, and he exudes, like, just the love for the sport that just remains unmatched. And I think that's why they put the belt on him is because he cares so much. And I think he's going to put in a great performance at All Out. I mean, I think Ambrose – why? I think Rollins and Reigns are, are better wrestlers, but I think Moxley's just more passionate, you know? I can agree with that, yeah. It comes through in his promos. It comes through a little bit in his work as well. Uh Maybe a lot bit in his work as well, especially this past year. Seems like he's just been having these strings of matches that have just been unbelievable for him, where it almost seems like he doesn't even have to try, where there's just something about him right now that's just shining, and he is just succeeding when he gets in there with whoever he's in the ring with. So. Yeah, I mean, he definitely he definitely made Wheeler Yuta. I feel like Yuta's well-known name because of the match he had with Moxley. I didn't know if it was on Rampage or Dynamite a couple weeks ago, but I mean, Yuta just come across and we all know him now. and We all we all respect him now. He was the internet champion, but now he's like a known name because of John Moxley. Yeah, and it was good storytelling on AEW's part because wasn't it Wheeler Yuta who faced John Moxley before and he just he being Moxley, destroyed Wheeler Yuta within, like, seconds. Yeah. So then the whole point was, okay, well, now he's ready, he's better, he's more trained at this point than he was facing Moxley back then. So it told a great story of, like, wow, this guy's really developed because he's able to wrestle John Moxley at that high of a level and come across looking kind of like a star in the end, if I can say it. That's true. It it really was a good performance for him. That match match in particular made me make sure to catch back up. I was a few weeks behind, and I had heard such good things about Moxley and Yuta, where I was like, well, time to not be a few weeks behind, John. (laughs) And time to to crank it all out. I mean, so, so who takes it in the end? Does Punk take it? Does Moxley take it? Who... Who becomes um, this? Who wins the match? Oh boy, that's tough. Why give it to Moxley if you're gonna take it away from him? I know Punk losing in Chicago is a big deal, so that's a real tough one. Uh, usually, you can look at the landscape of who is going to win by what there. You can see that landscape of everybody else is lined up. So you can usually get an idea of who's going to win based on that. But it's kind of tough because AEW doesn't always book that way. They don't always book where there's a clear-cut next guy who's going for that championship. Because right now, who's next in line for the world title, in your opinion? And then I'll answer that question. I, you know, 
And that's one of the things that I had concerns with about AEW. It's like, I don't know any single stars right now that I think are in line for the, you know, world title. Because, you know, they're not... In my mind, it needs to be like Jungle Boy or they need to elevate somebody like Eddie Kingston again. Because, like, I don't know what you're going to do after Punk, you know, loses his match. Are you going to elevate Hangman? Well, screw it then. You know what? Make Moxley... uh, It kills me. Moxley should win because he was just in this big match where he unified the titles. So if I'm booking it, Moxley wins it. But I feel like you could easily just say fuck it and have CM Punk turn heel and cheat Moxley out of the championship and just go full-blown. Just that that could be it. Turn heel in Chicago. And, and I mean, screw it. screw it. CM Punk wins by turning heel. I think that's how they got to play it out because if he doesn't win, who's going to go after him? Is he going to face off? Is, is Moxley going to face off against Jungle Boy? Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Stark. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky. Yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs was the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm thinking all these guys who are either tweeners or baby faces right now. Because even Hobbs, sure, he turned on Ricky Starks, but Ricky Starks was technically a heel when he turned on him. Yeah. Kind of. He was cutting. He was in the midst of cutting a baby face as a promo, but Hobbs also has a problem with QT Marshall. Yeah. So QT is the instant heel of heels because all AZ fans are supposed to hate him. Yeah, and I mean it's not like it's not like anybody really cares about QT anyway, except for QT. No. Sorry, QT. Sorry. But it's no, like I'm not dissing him. I'm exactly. He's used as a preliminary kind of guy. Yeah, it's like, but is that what's going to happen if Moxley retains? He's going to face off against Powerhouse Hobbs because I can't name anybody else other than Ricky Starks. Or Jungle Boy, who could face off against Moxley if he beats Punk. No, because it doesn't make sense. You need someone like Wardlow, but you need him against someone like Punk, not against someone like Moxley. Okay, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? The, the big names are all names who you need against Punk, but not names who you need against Mox. Mox will not be hurt by losing. Mox would just look even better. Yeah. He won the title in his hometown. It makes sense. Like, maybe that was just the way to do it, you know? Yeah. In Ohio. Yeah, and I mean, so we're both going with Punk wins. Um, let's go over the card a little bit more. Um, yeah. Let's see. Ta-da. And then we can get on to the WWE and all that indie stuff. So we got, I want to go over a couple more matches. Uh, we got the women's match, Tony Storm versus Sheeta versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. Um, do I feel like we need to go over this in detail because it's just the interim championship? I think Tony Storm's going to win. Can I just say clearly? Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Okay, so interim Nobody really cares about an interim tag anyway, honestly. Interim, we discussed that before, yeah. Interim is, you explained it to me, what that means in real sports. No offense to pro wrestling. But you explained what that means to me in legitimate sports. And, uh, yeah, interim, 
to me, it's always just meant like a why. It's just a question mark. Like, yeah. Why do it? Yeah. And um, so. no champion or vacate the title and have something, a tournament to crown the new one. Yeah, that would make more sense. But... Interim, interim to me feels like someone just had booking plans they were real diehard about. And they didn't want to come up with something new. Yeah. So they're like, well, interim's a lot easier because then we just have some guy win a title, or in this case, some woman win the title. And then they just beat a bunch of people until the champion comes back. And then we have a match between the two of them. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the big time thing going on with that. Um, I to quote Jim Cornette, but lazy booking. Um, so after that, we have. Well, I don't want to talk about the trios championship because we already know the elite's going to win regardless because that was just built for Kenny Omega. So Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Is this where, firstly, we all know that's going to be a technical classic, um, and they're both going to like literally stiff the shit out of each other and put each other in submissions for like 15 to 20. Is this where Danny Garcia turns face? Because I think it needs to happen. Because if he does, it legitimizes him as, as, as a title contender for either the TNT or the world title. Because the man's been on a fucking roll lately. Yeah, he really has been. I hope it's not some bullshit swerve where he's playing a trick on Dragon. That would be dumb. Just let him let him turn face. Let him break away. Let him be a wrestler. It would be a real easy promo to cut, you know? Yeah. You know what? I'm Daniel Garcia. When I go out there, I'm a killer. I'm not some sports entertainer. I'm a pro wrestler. Boom. Done. Yeah. Promo's over. He goes out there, wrestles that match, kills some freaking jobber, Aaron Solo. Yeah. I don't know. First name that came to my mind. You know what I mean? Just yeah. kills some guy in the ring and gets a huge face reaction. It'd be that easy afterwards. Yeah. yeah have, him, have him either help Dragon or come out after the match when, say, Danielson wins and then he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Just something, but yeah. Daniel Garcia really has been. His his two matches he had with Brian Danielson were fan freaking So phenomenal. And you know he, what? He's, he's been good before that. Yeah, and, and Danielson always puts everybody over. Even if he wins a match, I feel like people are just created based off of what Danielson did. Similar to Jimmy Jacobs and ROH a couple of years ago. That we talked well, that was actually 10 or 11 years ago. We're old as fuck over here. Yeah, um, we are. So, um, I think the last match we should discuss is the tag team championship match the acclaimed versus Swerving Our Glory. This has got to go the acclaimed, right? Because Swerving Our Glory is like a singles tag team hodgepodge put together. This has got to go to the acclaimed. It has to, it, it needs to, I feel like. I am sincerely hoping. My only thing is how many defenses have Strickland and Keith Lee had of the titles? I feel like they haven't really defended them that much. Yeah, I think they've only had like two or three. You know, and technically, if you if you break them up, they could be contenders for Moxley or Punk automatically because they're both tremendous singles performers. And, the, and Tony Khan's like, what, what the fuck? We just got to put them together because we don't know what to do. That, that's what it seems like to me. I'm worried the gun club interfered. 
interferes, costs the acclaim the match. I'm praying that doesn't happen because it would make more sense to have them come out and try and cost them the match, but then Billy Gunn does something to his sons. Something happens, there's a false finish, and you think Swerve is going to get the pin on Max Caster or something, but then Anthony Bowens nails him with the boombox, still gets a face mm. pop, roll off one, two, three. Something yeah. like that should happen, but I'm just worried that they're not going to go that deep with it. They're just going to have Gun Club interfere and acclaim loose. Yeah, that's and I, my, that's my only worry. I mean, they're a good tag team, but they're tremendous singles wrestlers. So it just seems they like are. it just yeah, seems like should. out of their element to be teaming together. Like it's like they're just put together because they're two tremendous athletes and they don't know what to do with it. Yep. That's, that's what it seems like to me. Um, but anyway, moving on to um, other things. I know we got Clash at the Castle, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, uh, Gunther versus Sheamus, and uh, a bunch of other matches. I don't know what's going on. Are you excited for the Whale Show? Are you excited yeah. for Tested. Um, one of my friends is betting me lunch that Drew McIntyre is going to beat Roman Reigns because he really wants the belt to be off of Roman for some reason. But I'm going to win sushi because we all know that Roman's going to win. Oh, I'm jealous. I want some sushi right now. I, I bet him sushi versus whatever he wants that Roman's going to win. So nice. I'm. I'm sure that Roland's got this in the bag. Same here. And do you have any preferred sushi, or are you just, like, open to suggestions there? I do not care. I eat whatever sushi is available. Spider roll, California roll. I don't like fried tempura sushi on a random sushi note. I like fresh sushi. As long as you put... more fresh, yeah, yeah. As long as you put... A good cucumber and avocado. Um, that's good sushi. But oh, yeah. back to I, wrestling. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I can talk about sushi all day. We, we, 
Um, discounting sushi because we both love sushi. Thank you for loving sushi. Hey, it's a life podcast as well, so that might help some people out there who are listening to this who maybe feel alone or disconnected for some reason. And all yeah. of a sudden, like, wow, both the hosts of the show enjoy eating sushi. And hey, maybe that makes some listener feel at home. We, really we, we fucking love sushi. So if you haven't eaten sushi man. because it's raw fish, I I demand you eat sushi right now. Put your prejudices uh, aside and eat it, please. My mom won't do it. My mom won't do it, man. I've tried. God bless your mom, but seriously, yeah, she's the best. You, you need to get her to eat sushi. <laughs> she will not. I will give up cannabis before she eats Oh my god, is it the whole raw fish thing? Uh, she just doesn't eat much seafood at all. Oh my goodness, okay. Well, anyway, okay, so Roman wins. Um, who's ch- who's ch- easily? Well, it's going to be, like you said, a highly contested match, but to me it's easy to book, so your friend is uh, a fool. I was like, you really want the bell to be off a Roman, don't you? It's well, like, we all kind of do, but I dig it, and I also am a fan of there being lengthy historical chapters that I get to be a part of. Yeah. So to me, it's cool to sit down and be like, yeah, I was there yeah. watching the show yeah. when Roman Reigns had his historical reign as champion. And that's true. And, and it gives us... And it gives us the random Pedro Morales reference. I mean, I mean, Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Bruno Sammartino reference. I was going to say, that's what I was hoping you were going with there. I was going to say, Bruno, I mean, obviously being the one for that. Like, eight years! Uh, eight years as champion. Think about I remember, that. I remember reading the Wrestling Almanac because my friends, their parents wouldn't buy it for them. You know, the PWI Wrestling Almanac. And I would always go through it. I think, man, that Bruno San Martino guy, look how long he held the title for. Two different times. This long. And, like, my friends would just, like, mark out so hard, like, wow, he must have been, because we all still thought wrestling was, you know, on the up and up. Legit. He must have been so good. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't very good. He was, like, a white Mark Henry, just strong man type of guy. But he, he he had like he was like a quintessential baby face and the Italians love Bruno. I mean Bruno Mars is named after Bruno Sammartino for Pete's sake. We are we are just I think he's one of the nicest guys in wrestling, one of the most realistic, and he just wants he always had been outspoken about wanting wrestling to just be more realistic. Yeah. And I think to him that had to do with him being a legitimate strong dude. Yeah. So it's like if you're a legitimate strong dude, what's wrestling gonna look like? Two strong dudes just wrestling. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you. exactly. Like he was, he was like a Luthes type of dude. But I mean, we're not gonna get into Luthes either. But anyway, we've acknowledged Bruno Sammartino. Time to talk about Gunther and Sheamus. These two are gonna legitimately beat the shit out of each other. Kick the shit out of each other, chop the shit out of each other, but Gunther's Gunther's got to retain. And why is he named Gunther? Why not just Walter? For Pete's right. sake. If people are getting their names back, right? Austin Theory got his name back. Yeah, give give Walter his name back. For Pete's sake, give him. Did Angel Garza get his name back. 
No, but Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle became Matt Riddle again. Matt Uh, well, just give Walter's well, name back. Unless he wants to be gone through, which he might well, want. You know, my Walter shirt is now ripped under the armpit, and not because of me. I lent it to a friend during a recent party session, and let's just say the party was real wild, and somehow the shirt got ripped. Oh, man. How, how yeah. Did... Well, it's right under, it's like the seam, like right under the armpit area, so I can sew it. I'm not too worried. Yeah. I learned to sew during my last, uh, very brief unemployment. I was only unemployed for about two weeks or so. But during that time, I did teach myself how to sew, amongst many other things. Sewing? Yeah, well, if you're ever in that situation where you lose a job or a relationship or something, instead of being depressed and resorting to, like, shitty things, because I tend to do that sometimes, I just taught myself some new skills. So I'm like, hey, learn to sew by hand. My dad always said one of the main things you need to know how to do is sew. So I was like, okay, well, finally, I'm going to learn one of those lessons that dad taught wow. me to learn. Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah, I can sew my hand. I haven't been unemployed for a little while, folks. I, I, I work. I just I lost my job. He works. He works hard. I know this guy. I, I work very, very hard. My coworkers hard. freaking love me. Someone was afraid of me at my last job, so I was <laughs> I don't know why they're afraid of you. People just got uh, people got to get to know the good side. He's got a heart of gold. The good side of this man. You, exactly. You really do have a heart of gold, you know. And and everybody goes through different things, but you know, beyond the darkness, I've always thought your heart was pure. So, and I mean, yeah, I mean that's why this is a mental health. I mean, I mean well. that. I mean that. Um. So we're on to our first break. I'm going oh, to yeah. Chicago at 6.43. Okay, so we're starting. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no. Are we on? Are we yeah. live, pal? Yeah, we're live. So We're live, pal. We're starting. Um, we're starting, and you talked about Malachi Black asking for his release um, and possibly retiring. Um, I think he's really an underutilized talent. Do you think this is, like, based off of frustration because he's just on the mid-card kind of languishing and him and Brody King and Buddy Matthews are just kind of languishing because the roster's too big? Well, the internet speculates multiple things that it would be that his positioning on the card as well as some sort of issue he's going through. Now, originally it was said that he had some kind of back problem, it's possible that there's other issues like mental health, maybe that he's going through. That's just mm-hmm. being speculated upon now. So I'm not trying to carry anything on there, but a lot of things are being tossed up in the air about what's going on with the guy. Yeah. But apparently he's just not in a good place. And supposedly multiple sources are saying he asked for his release, but wasn't granted it. The other names that were mentioned that possibly did Miro was one of them, but then that seemed to be shot down. Uh, Brian Danielson being one possibly mentioned. I don't know if that's true or not. And then one whose contract expired on the 31st was Bobby Fish. So Bobby Fish is most likely, he said something real passionate about Triple H a couple of days ago. Yeah, he said he's going to go to war for him. Yep, there you go. You you got it. He said the same thing. So I feel like 
it's kind of crazy that that's where he's going to choose to go, but okay, I mean, if you think it's a better option, then go for it. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Because, I mean, Kyle and Adam are still in, in AEW, so is he just going to team with Roddy and be a part of Diamond Mind on NXT? That's what people are speculating, yeah. And what's with Kyle? I saw a picture of him in a hospital bed. I, I have not seen that, but I know he has okay, got... Guess, it said something. He posted a picture of some sort of car, and he put, like, uh, text over it that said, like, it was like their new fusion for the car, but he put their new neck fusion. So I don't know if he was having neck fusion surgery or what. He's was always, he's always he's misleading us. He's always joking around about something, Kyle. He was definitely in the hospital. I mean, that he, is for sure. He he has a quirky sense of humor. People don't mind trying to that because he can legitimately kick your ass, but he's yes. entertaining. Like. He, he can cut a promo, but but besides that, whatever's going on with Kyle, I hope it's okay. Originally, I thought it was diabetes, but now, like, neck fusion surgery? I'm just saying because of the picture he posted. You could see it on Reddit pretty easily. It'd be one of the top posts on the good old Reddit squared circle that I frequent so much. Uh, but if you go on there, it's probably amongst the top posts under hot posts. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, he says something like eating a spoonful of peanut butter for his health. That's all he says about it. But then there's the picture of him, and there's the picture of that that he, he included in the caption. So I don't know. But in terms of Malachi Black, I hope he figures out what he wants. Yeah. I know he had that legendary view that a lot of people like with Velveteen Dream, which is funny to mention because Velveteen Dream just got into some legal trouble. And apparently, WWE has said they will never rehire him back because of it. Um, yeah. I don't know. All, all I know is he got arrested like twice, something to do with cocaine, and something to do with like trespassing yeah. as well, and having drug paraphernalia on him. Yeah. And if you got busted for cocaine one day, and then drug paraphernalia the next, you were probably either you got busted with something. It's such a waste of. Such a waste of talent. Such a waste of talent. In fairness, I was was never on that bandwagon where I I never got it, but I got that other people got it. I mean, mean? he he was so, he's like, he's like the black gold dust. Like he, and he could wrestle better than gold dust. And I mean, he was such. I I, I mean, okay, 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 okay. That's fair. That's, um, that's, that's a fair statement. But I always thought. He had athleticism. He had charisma. He had, he had charm. I mean, he had like that whole mysterious purple character. So it was like, just a waste of talent and a waste of humanity. Crack is whack. Whitney Houston said it. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, what I do know is otherwise. They're saying that uh, Ron Strowman might be coming back. Yeah. But they're also saying that Gable Stevenson's not shaping up well enough in developmental. Are you? They're kind of sour on him right now. Are you serious? Because they were like they were piping the shit out of him months ago. Yeah, but they're saying that supposedly he's not picking up fast enough, so they're kind of sour on him. So which one's the bigger deal? The fact that there's no more control your narrative more than likely, 
or the fact that the Olympic gold medalist isn't going to be the next Kurt Angle. I think it's Gable Stevenson because I don't know if we had any hope for EC3 and Karrion Cross <laughs> and, and, and Braun Strowman to create the new – or Titan, excuse me. Titan, Braun Strowman, whatever the fuck you are. <laughs> EC3, I think, re-signed with NWA anyway and called himself a hypocrite and said he – would never create a three-letter promotion and then did create a three-letter promotion with CYN, which I appreciate him saying that. And I thought it actually had some bright spots to it. I am not shitting on Control Your Narrative. That second show was not that bad. Okay, okay. I'm that's a, all I, yeah, that's all I have to say. I won't shit on it either, but when you have so no, many... When you. When you have so many egos in one room, like pissed off egos that never really got their shot, yes. and, and then you know brought that into one company, what do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> True. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, that's just the nature of the game. Um, do you want to talk about the Indies? I know Black Label Pro is running the show. Kylie Ray versus Mike Bailey. I can't wait to see that match, man. That's a hell of a match right there, I'll say. Yeah. Mr. Veda Scott, Mike Bailey. <laughs> Mr. Veda Scott. Yeah. God bless they, them. They did, get, they did get married, correct? Correct, they did. Correct. Yes. I think Veda identifies as non-binary. Does, does, yes, yes, yes. Does Mike Bailey yes, identify? Do. Right. Does Mike Bailey identify as non-binary? Does Mike Bailey take he or him for You know, I am not sure, but with Mike's martial arts skills, whatever um, Bailey wants me to call them, I would call them. That's why I always just go with they and them most of the time now. Yeah. And that from work, it's just a lot easier and just simple because you're not insulting anyone who is a he or a she. Yeah. And then just they or them is instantly included. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, it seems like a more fitting thing, but whatever they would want me to call them. I have seen Mike Bailey walk to the ring and kick people's hands instead of high five them. Yeah. He is very accurate with his kicks. Yeah, he is. He's, I think he's a he. I think he's an underrated talent for sure. I mean, loves, I, loves I mean, when I saw him face off against Roderick Strong, I was like, "Damn, this guy can go." And then he had visa issues, and I felt bad for Beta because Beta was in love with him, and they couldn't be together at the time, and now they're together. And he's kicking ass, so I'm excited. And plus, I trained with Kylie, so I'm excited to see this match once it comes up. Kylie definitely has the smiley character down, and I'm just so happy for her that she gets this opportunity. You know, speaking of some great local female talent, there is a show coming up here that Blair Onyx is appearing on, Second Wrestling. Now, I won't lie, I wasn't super familiar with this company, so I checked them out, and yeah, our boy that you and I got to plug it, went to school with Matt Raywell, he did wrestle uh, his fifth-to-last match, because yeah. if you checked it out recently, Matt said he's retiring from wrestling, he's going to stick to just the commentary aspect of things, he really, really loves it, he's got a great voice, great charisma, so yeah. yeah. He's, he's very much meant for something like that. If not in the ring, then hell yeah. Have him have him in the booth. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I will say we've had names like Matt Raywall, Eric Cannon, the former Estonian, now Atomic Thunderfrog. 
Uh, various names like that have wrestled for them. The current and first champion is Billy Starks. Uh, if you don't know her, she's a young up and coming talent, probably about like 17 years old or so, but I think already been wrestling for a few years and just, she wrestles for game changer wrestling a lot. Yeah. Uh, very, very sharp young lady. Got a, she wrestles with Black Label Pro, as we just mentioned them. Uh, she wrestles all over the place. Whoever's smart is booking Billy Starks. Uh, we're also going to see Shazza McKenzie, a popular international star. So if anyone listening hasn't seen and her I, wrestle before. I see Dan the Dad, too. Yeah, Dan the Dad. There you go. I believe, uh, what's it, uh, Frontman Jossie, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm fucking up your name, but I've seen you wrestle before and you're pretty good. And, uh, yeah, you're going to be on the show as well, apparently. So a lot lot of, like, cool local names. It says they're going to announce more talent, of course. Uh, I'm just excited. It seems like a family-friendly show, and it's right here in Palatine. So it's I could literally walk to that show if I wanted to. It is that close. I might have to come come and visit you because Shaz McKenzie, and I've heard a lot about Frontman Jesse because I'm – I've seen yeah. the, the Black Lives Matter promotion, or I forget what that promotion is called. That's all black athletes. Um, I don't know what it's called. Do you know what it's called? They run shows, and they're they're they run they're like black oriented shows. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, is that the company that got bought out from Michael Elgin that he used to run? Because I know that there was a company that was going to be more like hip hop oriented. It wasn't Hood. It wasn't Hood Slam. It wasn't Hood Slam. No, no, no. It was. Uh, it was like I don't remember if it was House of Glory or a company like that. But there was definitely a company that I remember hearing like Master P or something like that was buying. Yeah. Uh, so it was some sort of deal like that where it was definitely going to be, and it could be a whole other company that you're talking about. And I got, I got to look up black, I got to look up black wrestling promotions because it's on the top. It's on the tip of my tongue here. Go for it. That's fucking awesome. If there is, that gives me a good chance to promote, uh, one of the brands that my company promotes, Good Green, where all the proceeds go to African-American, Hispanic communities as well. Uh, and they just lowered the prices and all that. So you find folks could get 10 and a half grams of uh, flour that supports ethnic communities for only 120 bucks. Well, Pretty I, good deal for 10 and a half grams. I can't think of it. And they got Terminus lined up, but that's not it. That's not what I'm thinking of. But anyway, frontman Jesse, I've heard a lot about him. So I'm I might come to Palatine and come visit you and you could take me out to all the cool bars in Palatine because I've never been to Palatine. Dude, Dirty Nellies is one of the coolest bars. You'll see they have such a great food selection. Uh, they just recently redid their whole kitchen and everything after COVID. So like it's just a tremendous place to be uh it's pretty accessible so it shouldn't be an issue for you or anyone else in a wheelchair so no one should have a problem getting into this venue uh it's it's awesome i saw an aaw show there a few years back i'm really excited to see what this second wrestling company has to offer here. yeah and if they book shots mckenzie you know they're legit yeah right they've got her and billy starks dan the dad i'm so like I, the more, and it's funny. My mom was the one who 
who saw it. She's she was like, John, you were literally just talking about wrestling in Palatine, how there needs to be shows here. And I'm like, Yep. Yes I was, wasn't I? And they're and they're <laughs> and they're booked right there, right next to you. I've heard the same a, venue I told you about. I've heard a lot about Bill well, we're working on something. I'm not I don't want to speculate what it is, yeah, but we're, we're, who working, knows? we're working on something. Johnny Johnny wants to do something real big. Um, real big. I'm not sure that I got the money for it yet, but we're, we're working on it. I got to tell you, we're working on it. Oh, uh, yeah. We got the ideas and we got the heart. And we have the possibility of funds lined up. It's just a matter of a few, few things coming together. If you believe in the universe just lining up, that's what it all comes down to. That sounds right, good. Yeah, right now, I, I will say... Yeah my friend, the best part of the universe is the Stardom 5-Star Grand Prix Tournament. Oh, do you want to bring up Stardom before we uh, end this podcast? Please do so. Hell yes. I am on match 4 of 10 on the most recent show from August the 28th. So that was the most recent Stardom show. Uh, The show on the 27th, phenomenal. I mean, there is just not enough I can say about it. It was from Corican Hall. Anytime they are there, you could expect a full house. You could expect a historic building. And you could expect just a lively crowd. So they stacked the lineup. Main event was even built up during the introductions because Stardom is working with New Japan to create a women's championship that will be defended across the globe. So there's the possibility. Really? Really? Yes. So a stardom athlete will be looking to be booked here in the United States sometime soon. Just throwing that out there. For all of you who are booking wrestling companies, think of the possibility of that for the long-term future, that stardom stars are looking to be working in the United States. As are Tokyo Joshi Pro. So there are a lot of international stars who will work for a very cheap rate uh, for your company. Nonetheless, they're uh, developing a championship. They had them draw sticks. So they drew sticks with colors on the end of them to determine which of the six factions, uh, four of the six would be involved in it. Based on their performance in the five-star Grand Prix, that is who each faction will pick their member from. So whoever performs the best, it's looking like it's going to be the likes of Mayu Iwatani, Utami Hayashishta, Julia, and Starlight Kid. They were at least the ones that drew the sticks. Any of the four of those, I imagine Mayu would be the one who would win, but Starlight Kid to me is the biggest draw. Like you instantly have the merch opportunities. That's where your head has to be. And I know stardom's on that. Your head has to be on, if we're sending somebody overseas to these other companies, yeah. how are they going to make the most money for me? Yeah, but didn't Hayashishta, didn't she hold the red belt for like two years? Mm-hmm. And she beat Mayu Iwatani for it. So that's why Mayu is the other possible one, because Mayu is the icon of stardom. Oh. So you have the icon of stardom, you have the ace of stardom, you have this highly colorful mass character and then you have the person who was voted last year's tokyo joshi uh or the tokyo 
Japanese, whatever, the newspaper, she was voted the wrestler of the year in Julia. So you literally have people with some of the highest accolades possible. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's tremendous. So they started it out with that, but I will say they had Starlight Kid and Oedo Tai jump Julia. Main event was Starlight Kid versus Julia in this wild brawl. I mean, a minute in, Starlight Kid's mask is half ripped off. It's just insanity. The five-star Grand Prix has been nothing but, as I said, it was going to be absolute bangers because it has been. Uh, I will just quickly put it out there. As of match four of ten, you still have, and she's ahead by a country mile, Hazuki is still the leader of the blue block. It's separated into red and blue. It's that simple. Hazuki yeah. is still the leader of the blue block. You've got close up Amisurai, Mirai, Saya Kamatani. Momo Watanabe, yeah. Mayu, Julia. You've got them coming up close. Red block, surprisingly, Azumi is in the lead right now. Utami Hai is just as close behind. Himika's really close behind as well. Then you got the red belt champ, Suri. You got Kaguma coming up. Risa Sarah from Prominence, baby. My Sakurai and Maika all coming up around that like six to eight point mark. So it's really cool to see that the champion isn't at the head right now, but you could also see that there's more shows to come. It would be very easy for somebody to creep up. Uh, I would love to see personally. Hmm. Azuki versus Utami would be a hell of a final. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, Whoever wins, we still got to do that stardom show at my house, so oh, you could explain it. it, explain it to me in great detail. I am excited. So basically, this is going to be kind of like the Shimmer Belt was for Ring of Honor, where it's there, where stardom is like having the New Japan Women's Championship, basically. What you're saying? Kind of, yeah, yeah. It'll sort of be like the New Japan Women's Championship that's defended across the world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, so we covered that base. Um, we did all that. We talked about wrestling. We talked about AEW. Um, I was thinking for our next episode, maybe we could do like a throwback show to where we watched like mid nineties wrestling to when we first started watching it. Nice. Okay. We could talk about that. Um, so to close it out. I think we got to name like our most underrated wrestlers that we can think of right now. And for me, my list probably goes D. Malenko, Regal. Um, who else do I like that's underrated? Malenko and Regal and Juventud Guerrera and Walt. And wow. B.J. Whitmer. B.J. Whitmer. To put him in nice, there. nice choice of BJ Whitmer. Fuck, we're going all time. I wish I'd have known that. An all time uh, underrated performer. Oh my god, all time underrated performers. That is one of the hardest questions. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna go with some of the ones right now who should get some recognition. I'll go with some basic stardom names like Hanan. I think she has a bright future. She's probably only 17 or so, but she's got, like, the world ahead of her. I think she's highly underrated. Uh, Let's see. Fuck. Who else all-time as well, huh? You know, 
I've heard some people shit on Chris Canyon, so I'm going to give Canyon some recognition. That's fair. A lot of people either really like him or they say he just did a bunch of spots. I think Canyon is underrated all time. Uh, I think even though he gets some respect, Raven, uh, just highly underrated. Yeah. I think Raven should have been a main event WWE champion. That is also fair. But his character, I think, was too dark even for WWE. I mean, so what? They can have the fiend Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton burning down his house and shit like that. You can't have Raven just being depressed. Oh, nowadays, imagine that nowadays with depression culture and, and anxiety. Where we're at and anxiety in shows like Euphoria. Yeah, he would have definitely fit into that crowd, but it yeah. was it was it was so ahead of its time. But to close it out, oh. talking about Raven. Perry Saturn. That's wow. Awesome. Okay. That's a name. Like, I used to watch Perry Saturn. Nobody did oh, the Death Valley Driver better than Perry no, Saturn. Dude, with my action figure of him, he was always at the top of my card. And somehow, he did the Death Valley Driver perfectly. The way that his arms bent, it just did it perfectly. So it was amazing. He did that and the Rings of Saturn absolutely well. Whoa. Sometimes sometimes action figures just coincided perfectly with the actual person. I was a big action figure person growing up. Folks, and so. who uses two arms to lock in a submission hold? That's fucking genius. I didn't yes. mention Arne Anderson either. That's my Oh, good call. I didn't mention... The king of the spine buster. I'm, yep. I'm very surprised he didn't get at least one world title match. Or Has he ever gotten a world title match? If um, he did, it didn't go well for him, obviously. <laughs> he also had a, a really amazing DDT that doesn't get enough credit. That is I true. I kind of liked it better than Jake's, personally. And, I just thought it looked really smooth and like stiff. Everything like he, he did... Just, like, cranked your head into the mat. Everything he did was was like smooth and stiff. Yeah. His spine buster was like fucking smooth and stiff. Still my favorite. I love that version of. I don't like to just pick him up and drop him spine buster. I like the Aaron Anderson crank around spine buster. Yeah, turn and him. And I've I've heard people mistakenly call the just pick him up and drop him spine buster a double A spine buster. I've heard commentators call it. Really. And yes, and it was definitely WWE. I wish I knew who did it, but I've heard it called that before, and I'm like, that's not no, a spine no, buster, no. Triple H did the double A spine buster. I think exactly. I think because he was doing it as a tribute to double A. Yeah, of course. Because I mean, Triple H is a student of the game, and that's why WWE is wrestling now. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's a good note to probably close it on. WWE is in good hands right now. It's wrestling. And they don't say wrestling is a bad word. And they don't say sports entertainment, everybody. Have they said sports entertainment at all since Vince's left? I don't. Not as much. Not as much. I Uh, can't think of a time where they've mentioned it. it's, 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 It's a blessing. For yeah, us, it's, for it's us, it, cool. it's a it's a blessing to have world wrestling entertainment actually somewhat focus on wrestling. It's it's a blessing not to go through those twenty minute promos every raw at the beginning. You know, we're living through a real fantastic time. That's why I'm really happy I get to experience it with a friend like you. Yeah, people who are still here. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really cool. 
because I, I feel like we got to see wrestling change into what it's going to be for a long time. Yeah. I think it's going to stay this highly athletically based competition and it's just going to get just fucking crazier and crazier. Uh, and you look at guys like Will Ospreay, like oh. that to me, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, that's what wrestling is. And I think that's kind of what it's going to be for a while. I'll say this right now. Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the fucking world. Yeah. Since you mentioned right, right him, now, he, current, he's, currently he's, he's male, the best. Yeah, and probably overall, probably I'll have my bias towards some of the stardom girls. But if we're going to say... I'll at least say male wrestlers, yes, one hundred percent. But probably overall, yes. I would say I would say it's probably him and Roman Reigns, probably one and two for me. Wow, say, Roman I, number two. Well, I'd say because we're living in the era of Roman Reigns, I would say, I mean, because I mean, who can match him in AEW right now? I mean, Mox is good, Punk is good, but they don't have the like the aura that Roman does. But that's because no, right. that's because he's been built. Like the final boss in WWE for like, like we've we've never had somebody like this before, like in a long ass time. Yeah, that's where the psychology and the storytelling is coming into play more than anything. That's yeah. not a knock because he works very very well in the ring too. Yeah, but that's where that all just really adds up. Yeah, you can tell a story with something like that. Yeah. Like championship means something. And the one guy that beats him will go over, and I'll predict it right now. Cody Rhodes is going to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and win the belt from him. I could see it. It's It's got to be him or or The Rock, but why would The Rock win? It's, the Rock doesn't really need the rub at this point. So I'll go that's, with... That's what I was going to say. What's he gained from winning? Yeah. I'll say okay, this. Have, have them wrestle. Roman beats The Rock. Next night, draw off to WrestleMania. Cody beats Roman. How about that? Yes, that that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think personally, Cody's going to be the one to take the belt off of Rome. I just love Raw after WrestleMania being a big deal still. I feel like the last few years it hasn't been, so you need to make it something again. So if you're finally going to have him lose, then have Roman have that big match against The Rock that everyone feels is going to happen. Really make it seem like Roman's going to lose the match. I mean, Rock hits everything imaginable, but in the end, it's just not enough, and Roman wins it again, and then, boom, next night, Roman could be real beat up from his match, and he could lose to Cody. Cody could have a successful reign as yeah. champion like yeah. he has always clearly wanted. Yeah, and then that would be it. I mean, I would have Cody or Seth freaking Rollins take the belt off of him, but they did matches with him already, but they didn't have a conclusive match. They had Roman beat him down, but then Seth never got his – or did he get his rematch? I don't know. I don't know. But you're probably right with Cody because of the way they book Seth. That would make sense because then Seth could come at Cody and be like, well, hey, you know, you had such a hard time getting past me, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, anyway, I got to go soon because I'm going to Chicago, going to bars tonight. I'm going to go to a bar stool sports. I don't know what you're – what are you doing tonight? Absolutely nothing. You're not going to go on Tinder and swipe right and swipe left? Uh, I could wait a 
waste my time doing that, but that never goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I will just be continuing watching wrestling. I'm two shows behind on GCW, so I'm going to watch their last two. And I will finish the other half of the Stardom show. And then it's Friday, so Rampage, right? And Smack, SmackDown and Rampage? SmackDown, yeah. I'll definitely watch SmackDown. I mean, I don't watch Rampage, but I might watch just because you're watching it. But anyway, we'll see you next time. I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, and uh, hopefully you can make it to my place. But I will definitely see you on Palatine in October. Yes. Um, Because we went over. I will definitely see John in Palatine in October for the second wrestling show with Billy Starks. Is she like an alien? What's her, what's her guess? She's like a semi-quasi-emo alien. I'm looking at her. Like, what's her gimmick? Uh, she does come out to that Blink-182 song about aliens. Aliens exist. So yeah. you might be right on that. Yeah. I never put that together, but, I, I, you know. She might be like the next Chris Stantlander, because Chris Stantlander dropped her alien gimmick, so I guess Billy took it over? If Billy has had that as her gimmick, I guess she doesn't play hard into it, but she definitely comes out to Aliens Exist by Blink-182. Okay, well, regardless, I want to say that I'll be there to see Damn the Dad, Billy Starks, and I'll be with John in Palatine, Illinois, because I've never been to Palatine, but I would love for John to show me around. So I promise you I will be at the second shitty show on October... 27th. Yes, day before good old Brandon Week's birthday, in case you're listening, Brandon. Okay, I will make it to Palantine Thursday, October 27th to the show. I promise you that. Nice. I'll make a promise because I love you. But I will see you very soon. Um, And thank you to all the listeners that are paying attention to us. Yes, thank you all. Also, make sure, if you haven't already, check out my YouTube channel, uh, Junk Malware. It already has 30 freaking views for the Red Curtain Review channel, reviewing Stardom, Starlight Kid versus Momo Watanabe. 30 views. I couldn't get 30 views if I tried, usually. So thank you to the people who listened to my quiet video and had to turn the volume all the way up to hear it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and... And I, I was listening to it too, and you were going through all the spots. Yes. I mean, I mean, you gotta, you gotta. I know you're not got the Joey Styles voice, but maybe get a little, a little louder pitch in there, bro. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault. It was the recording device. So. All right, bro. I didn't do the headphones. I did just the phone. So that, I fucked up. That's true. I fucked up. I fucked up. Well, no, to quote Jeff Hardy you, in his Ring of Honor appearance. You didn't fuck up that hard. You didn't fuck up that hard. But no, not at all. Regardless, we will we will see you, what, in two weeks, three weeks? When are we going to see him again? We'll see him soon enough. Fuck, man. Hopefully in a week. We'll try. All right, man. We'll see him in a week. We'll go over AEW. We'll go over stardom. Um, John will tell you what good weed to get out in your life. Yes. 
A lot of great companies right now. A lot of people are into up north. Revolution always great with their concentrates. Uh, support rhythm brands because there are brands. Support the good green because again, it helps out minorities and their communities. Support the brands like that, like Ninety Three Boys, companies where it's going to uh, or Miss Grass, where it's going to like all women. Uh, just support different companies where the money is really going to where it should, and then just know that your tax dollars. Dollars typically, other than bullshit state funds, are going towards like really good things, like road repairs and helping people have expunged records who got in trouble for cannabis before it was yeah. legal. Things like that. So the money does go to good places. So don't you know shit the bed over what you're paying in terms of taxes. Also, get your medical card, and you don't have to pay taxes. You're gonna pay like a dollar in taxes as opposed to like forty. So yeah. get a medical card. There are medical cannabis doctors who you can get prescribed. Boom, you're done. You're gonna pay all of like seventy five dollars for a year or something like that. So all just, right, yeah. that sounds good. Well, I yeah. will see you later, my friend. I hope oh, yeah. you have a good day, and I will post this podcast later because I gotta get to the train. So Let's I will, I will catch you later, my friend. Have a great day. Hell yeah! Take care, everybody. Peace out. Peace.